Hey there, welcome to Friendly Ties. This is a podcast about board games, and today I'm joined by my friends Anastasia and Nick, and we just played a full game of Arc Nova. Uh, that one was recorded, and we've put a playthrough up for it on the John Gets Games YouTube channel, so definitely check that out if you want, because I guarantee we are going to be spoiling it a lot today as we discuss that play and the game in general. Uh, so yeah, keep that in mind, but you can find a link to it in the description if you'd like to check that out. Now, at this point, I'm going to have to jump in and interrupt myself, because this is actually John from Multiple Days in the Future. Uh, now, we've actually played this game a couple more times since we recorded this podcast, and we had a lot more that we wanted to say. So I wanted to let you know that at the end of this podcast episode, we are going to talk about those extra plays that we had. So I hope you stick around for that, and you'll find that new section should show up about 40 minutes into this episode. All right, let's get back to John from the past talking about this game. So yeah, uh, let's talk about Arc Nova. This was our second play for all of us. And um, it's like a Franken-Euro game. Uh, I guess I <laughs> yeah. should have mentioned that at the start because not everybody yeah. has actually seen the playthrough. But yeah, it's got um, it's got polyomino, hexagonal polyominoes laying on your, your own table, tableau. So kind of like a Feast for Odin, but like a simplified version of that. You get some bonuses and stuff based on where you place. Yeah, it's got uh, a terraforming Mars vibe because it's got this gigantic deck of over 200 unique cards that you draw from frequently that have little icons on them that chain together and have various actions that you can utilize. Um, it's got Civilization A New Dawn, which is a Civ-style game uh, where it's pretty much the exact same action system in, in both Civ, New Dawn, and uh, Arc Nova where players have action cards in front of them and you activate the card and it's kind of next to a little track with a number and then you do it according to that number and then you slide that card down and the rest slide up so uh, the longer you wait on not activating a card the farther it slides to the right and the bigger a number it's next to um on top of that there's rajas of the ganges which was a euro dice game oh, yeah. that came out a few years ago and the big quirk for that one was there was two tracks one went clockwise one went counterclockwise and you won if you kind of connected your tokens on those two tracks and arc nova has that as well so there's a lot of stuff here from a whole bunch of other board games yeah so yeah. what if we just had like everything right like just put it all <laughs> into one zoo-based game yeah yeah plus plus the zoo theme which is i don't know i just uh, i guess i was really playing birds this game so i was like is this wingspan on crack like is <laughs> <laughs> what i'm playing can you call um, having two birds a bird themed game you, you know what <laughs> i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to talk about it i don't want to talk about it yeah, so anyways, I went in, you know, knowing very little about it other than, you know, people have been excited about it. And, you know, I think for me, Concordia, I've mentioned this, I think before, it's like my favorite game. So I actually was seeing the action track. I didn't I didn't know that it was in Civ New Dawn. I haven't played that one. But I was thinking, okay, look, this is action selection in a very kind of unique and interesting way. And what's that going to be like? And um, I'll be honest, also thought it was like, it, it's a it's a beast of a game. There are a lot of rules to this game. There's a lot going on. There's a lot to learn. And that kind of daunted me. And, you know, I'm just going to go out there and say it. I think this is a game because of that, that you've got to play a couple of times, you know. Um, we're going to talk about this more, but we had this first play where lots and lots and lots of mistakes were made. Yeah. And it was, uh, honestly, it, it was a bit grueling. I think even just not understanding enough of the mechanics, the, the way we went about it, um, and I'll let the guys chip in on that. Uh, it just, it was, it was a tough play. And I came the out of that. Play. The first play. The first play. The first play, which is not what you guys 
would watch if you uh, check out our playthrough. That's not what we decided to post. And we actually decided to play again um, because because of how that play felt. And yeah. and c- coming off of that, you know, I was I don't I don't want to say I was disappointed because I didn't go in with super high expectations. I know you guys kind of have your own feelings on that, but I, um, you know, I wasn't really feeling it. Um, the but first I time. will say the first time, the first time. Uh, but I will say that, uh, you know, there's playing it the second time and, and giving a little bit more, you know, space. There's there's a lot, a lot, a lot of cool stuff going on here. And so I definitely I'm intrigued to kind of explore it more. And um, and I'm pleasantly surprised to say that I, you know, I. This is going to be becoming a theme here, me losing horribly, but I, I lost horribly <laughs> and uh, and I still really enjoyed myself. It's a huge boon when you you know lose and lose lose by a significant margin and that's not a frustrating experience and said that you had fun right like you were amped by the playthrough um i was opposite in terms of like coming into it. i was very hyped for this game uh part of the reason is you know it, it sounded like it had a collection of mechanics that i would like but really what stood out to me was the zoo theme um i love hmm. i love the opportunity for uh euro games to have a theme that um is first of all like not combative or not like controversial based on like where it's placed in the world so that's a nice thing um although zoos are their own controversies whatever yeah it's funny uh, that you say that because that was actually yeah it was a bit of a turnoff for me yeah, i was like yeah. zoo i don't that's know fair. that's fair but i like also a game that allows you to create a narrative of what you've done and i was really excited about the idea of like oh i would have like this kind of zoo and like i'd be like making jokes about you're this kind of zoo so (laughs) that's all good and then people that i play with um my partner in particular like love animals right like this is a really appealing theme um and you know wingspan you know it brought up already is like a great example of that right like people like games about animals and like I'm, i'm i'm i was i was excited for that my enthusiasm has been a little bit tempered after these plays. The second play was a lot better than the first play. Um, I absolutely agree with the two of you. And there's stuff that I liked about this game, but it didn't blow me away enough to make it worth the like learning and time hurdle. Um, so it's like now that I've learned it and I've played it, I'm like glad and I would play it again. But I, if I could go back in time, I'm not sure that I would encourage myself to play this game just because of the, the, the commitment that we really needed to put into learning it. Yeah, so this game has a player-driven end. It doesn't have a set amount of rounds. It just you keep playing until somebody crosses their tokens. And right. in our first play... Uh, it took a very long time for that to happen. Uh, it, it's a little hard to say the exact amount of time because we were recording it, anticipating putting it out as a playthrough, and recording these things adds a lot of extra time. But um, that first play, if we hadn't been recording, would probably have taken close to four hours, which is a, a very long time. And I think a big part of that is because we didn't know what we were doing, and we played very poorly in the first part of the game, uh, did not play towards you know, getting points in ways that we should have. It's not that we... we didn't know that we needed to get points (laughs) like we weren't (laughs) dawdling around but we just we made a lot of strategic mistakes that we realized pretty quickly on and that's also part of the reason why we wanted to not showcase that first playthrough Uh, and uh, we just we didn't feel like it it was we didn't really feel like it was that much fun Uh, like it it, like Anastasia said it got a bit grueling there because it was such a long recording process and a long just a game to play and we, we wanted to give it another shot so we just played it again that was actually 
a week. There's a, a full week between these two plays. And the second time we played, we think it would probably have taken around three hours total if we were not recording. It took longer than that because we were recording this thing. So it's still a long game. But I feel like early on we were making a lot less silly mistakes and we were able to do interesting stuff much faster. And um, I think for other people, like the first time you play this game, you're going to have some trouble. Like like definitely picking some cards thinking you could do this and like, oh, wait, nope, this restriction doesn't quite work that way. And, you know, this this plan that you've been working towards, you know, several turns or maybe even many, many turns kind of comes apart because you're a couple money shy or you just misunderstood how one specific mechanic worked. That happened a few times in, in that first play and it didn't really happen at all in the second play. So that was nice to see that we went from making a ton of rules mistakes, frustrating, uh, demoralizing rules mistakes in the first play to making essentially none in the second game until near the end right like where where we did have like a couple like oh i would have rather done this or oh, i would have like a little take back and we did i mean it's just the game has so much stuff that we we're like that's yeah, true do it do it so i think as the game expanded again you know we were all inclined towards making little mistakes and fixing those things right whereas like in the in the first playthrough we like absolutely like there were things that were like multiple turns back or we made, <laughs> made decisions yeah. that it was like oh my god i didn't understand that was like the consequence of these actions there's no way to like even fix this yeah i i definitely don't want to harp too much on that first play because you know it was artificially long because we were filming um but i, I do think there's a it's a large an interesting gap in enjoyment from that first frustrating play to this one where i i definitely had a great time like i felt like i was pretty much always juggling between really good options whereas the first time that was kind of the opposite and again i think that's just getting used to it there's a, a forum post on board game geek that the publisher put out they said that you know people who get experience with this game can play a two out uh, two player game of it in like less than 90 minutes and um i think with time you could definitely get to that point uh, but for the first game it, it definitely i feel like so the game comes with a whole bunch of maps um there's these map a's which are the tutorial maps then there's map zero which is kind of like a catch-up map that's easier than the other ones which are all uh, asymmetric and the rulebook suggests you play with map a first and that's the only map option that we had so we played that one twice and part of me wishes that map a was maybe a little bit even more gifting to kind of catapult you in and, and make a shorter first play uh and honestly maybe even just you know saying you know start at 20 appeal or something like that I, I don't know but i just feel like the first experience the first impression is going to be really important and uh reading from a bunch of posts online they, they say like once you play the game once like you really should jump into those asymmetric boards and that's something that i am actually quite interested in doing and, and i guess this is a long way of me saying we played on the tutorial beginner beginner map so like our impressions are also you know fixated on that we haven't even done the stuff that hypothetically seasoned board gamers should be experiencing the game for the most part i actually want to kind of you know before we kind of dive in a little bit deeper to this play and kind of more of our overall thoughts on the game i i do want to kind of pull out something that that did happen you know again we don't want to harp on our first play here but one thing that was a big change um, was that we decided to play the uh, Care Bear version. I think that's what, right. is that what the designer call it? or the That's nice what I version. call it. Yeah, the nice is version. Is that what you're calling it? Yeah, we're going to call it. It's a variant. I uh, believe, John, you said the designer posted. I think it was on BGG that's about correct. this. Um, and the idea is that there's these 10 interactive cards. They have a little bit at the bottom that is just for the solo game. And um, that's kind of important, actually, because if you, 
if you do play with them the normal way, one of the things that kind of caught us up, which we didn't realize um, at first, was that you, you don't actually get that extra benefit. So that was one kind of thing that, that we ran into. Um, but the other thing is just that these interactive cards, they, they're like a take down the leader uh, mechanic. Not all of them, but definitely one, like the pilfering one, a couple of them. And they hurt and they're mean. And yeah. that was that was really hard. So, you know, in the just first play. In the first play. Um uh, just to give a little tiny bit of context, it's just Nick had actually uh, made a mistake and he had um you know, played a card he didn't realize he could play and kind of built his game around it. And then I had this card that was one of these attack cards and I was waiting for him to kind of get into the lead on both tracks so that I could then take, you know, play this card. And I think it forced him to lose 10 money or, or let me take two cards from his hand. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is a, this is a heavy, serious Euro. Like I'm going to put this in, like for me, this is like on the level of Gaia project. I'm sure some, you know, people would disagree, but it's like that level of like depth and complexity and planning and, and like every little energy counts, you know, that's what this is. Every little money and everything you're doing counts. So to even though it's like the player can choose the the person that's being attacked can choose you know we had a really difficult moment where i was like do i play this card i really need to play it but it just feels so bad and and it was a really it was a difficult moment for all of us and 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 it really made us reflect like we didn't want to play with these cards uh, i think nick drew several of them he actually buried them in the game um, i ultimately did end up playing that card I, I think as it turns out i couldn't play it then it, it doesn't matter but the point is in that first play for me personally it completely colored my experience of the game i was like I, I don't want to play this again with these cards and then you know john mentioned that the designer that's variant i think it's great and i have to say taking them out for me personally really helped the game. I, I didn't want the tension of knowing that those could be played against me. I didn't want the emotional conflict of choosing whether or not to play them. I'm just, I'm very grateful to have taken them out. And uh, the game for me is 10 times better uh, because we didn't play with them. I understand people will like them and they want to keep them, but I'm just saying if those turn you off, try playing without them because it really helped. Just to, to confirm, like we played with the cards. We just played with the solo effects on the bottom instead of the right. main Sorry. effects on the yes. top. Yeah. And the weird thing about these is that there's 212 cards in that deck and 10 of them are interactive. So it's like 4% of this deck can punch somebody in the face, which is really a small amount. Like you could easily play this game and never see any of those. But we drew so many of them. <laughs> we drew more of those than we drew birds, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, not a great experience. And it's interesting because... The closest comparison is Terraforming Mars, again, right? Not only it's a big stack of cards, but there are a few cards in these big stack of cards that attack another player. But the difference that exists between this game and that game is that in Terraforming Mars, you choose what player you hit. And in this game, it just says, hey, you target the players who have uh, the most points or someone who's in front of you. Um, and there's a couple of things that I find weird about that. I mean, I, I, I can appreciate what they're trying to do with it, right? They're trying to take away that part in like terraforming Mars where you're like, take that to the person who's already down, right? That you, or you like misjudge who's winning and therefore like target that person, which I appreciate. That being said, 
you know, in Euro, in many Euro games, having the most points at a given point in time is not a good indicator of who's winning um, in a lot of instances. And so yeah. it's a it's a really rough proxy for saying, hey, like I want to take down the leader. And like you might even have a perception of the game where it's like, it's very obvious that this person is winning, but they don't actually have more points. So I can't even target them with this negative card. Um, I find that to be a weird dynamic. So I... I I almost want it to be like if the game is going to be interactive and have those cards like great that's a part of the mechanic but here it just it seems almost like this little hanging appendix and when we excise the appendix it didn't change anything about the game and we were happier for it yeah I mean I think another part of it to I might wrap up my thoughts on the, the the interactive cards is that some of them could take cards out of other people's hands and that that's really kind of that's it's a big stumbling point some of them just made um, an action cost uh, higher or had a little coin penalty and those are going to slow you down but actually removing a card from your hand felt like a line i personally didn't want to cross because this game is a like you said it's a heavy euro tons of planning some of these cards you will spend half your game trying to get played and if at the wrong moment somebody plays a pilfer card on you and you don't have the money to pay them off and they take that away from you I just I just don't want to play that version of the game. And I was I have to admit, I was overjoyed when I saw this variant posted by the designer. Um, it was actually in a reply to a forum thread that I put out there uh, asking if you know we were playing these really mean cards this way. And yeah, the, as soon as I saw that, I was like, this is the way I want to play it. And uh, before we started recording this second playthrough, I asked if you two were okay with it and you were. and i'm 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 certainly happy that that we went with that interpretation. Um, so, there's a whole bunch of other stuff happening in this game. <laughs> and it's really easy to get bogged down into the minutiae. And I'm sure we've already gone too far into the minutiae overall. But from a very high-level perspective, I really liked the planning perspective of like planning through the cards, the action cards, especially, and we're broken records at this point, but especially the second time we played. The first time, it, it, I felt very motivated to just play the biggest card you know whatever card was in my five slot or my four slot to get the biggest bang for my buck but in the second play where i came a relatively close second i feel like i played this one quite a lot better than the first one i was frequently activating cards when they were relatively low specifically because i knew that we kick them down to the bottom and then when i did other stuff they would start to filter back up again more quickly so specifically there's this association action and i knew i wanted to do that a lot so i kept doing it when it hit like the th uh, two or three spot to kick it down so that it would get back up there instead of waiting to get to the five all those extra actions to bump it down i kind of used the tempo of the game to really lean into that and i think i placed way more uh, uh conservation cubes down because of that association action throughout the game than anybody else did because i was really enjoying that action juggle yeah, I think it, it. There's definitely a really interesting dance that occurs with it, within this game. Like you've got these, this action selection, you know, row. You know, as you were just talking about that, how you time that and when you time that, and the power of each of those cards, and, and that is really fun. Um, but then you've also got these kind of rolling bonuses, and you do kind of the way Nick was saying. You have to kind of be patient because they don't. They don't, they take a little while to come out. And so I will say that, it, it, you know, one of the tricky parts of that is if you plan it well, and I think we can all agree that John in this play planned it particularly well. He had a lot of things that kind of played into. Especially the things. first half. Like it was the first really, half, it was, it was yeah. all coming up 
John. <laughs> the first yeah, half of the was, game. <laughs> it was. It was all coming of John, and it was like he was able to do a lot of combos. And if you can make those combos happen, it feels really good. I mean, and, and very similar to Terraforming Mars, where, you know, things, if they kind of match up and you can make them work together, that's that's really great. Um, and other games. and But it does have this kind of reaping reward kind of, what's some other games that we, like, I always reference Grand Austria Hotel for this, but, you know, um, Dartmouth's Journey, which is obviously not out yet, but, uh, but let's see, there's some other games, lots of games where you, you know, thing after thing, just kind of like rolling bonuses kind of come out. And I like that, but you can also, I will say that it induces a lot of AP. Like this is, this is an AP party. Like just get ready, (laughs) embrace it. You know, which is probably part of the reason why it's so long, especially for your first couple of plays. There are so many different things you can do. The way those cards move and keeping track of that and then keeping track of the way you can get different things. But then also it's, you know, I found myself in a lot of this play stuck, you know, like uh, not a lot, but but during John's first half when he was doing great, my first half, I spent a lot of it stuck and you and it doesn't feel good to do those actions you know at the two or threes if you're not getting much or you just really need to get that up to the five but then you've got to take another one and yeah you can move your five card down to the one and take an x token but like then you're just wasting that action so so you can find yourself in the middle of this machine and when it's flowing great like a lot of these games where they're when they're when they're flowing it's awesome and when they're not flowing it can be a little bit frustrating you know and and you can you can really kind of work through a lot of machinations to still find yourself a little bit caught or that's going to take you three turns to do something. And then you have to wait a while while your opponents do these massive turns or think through their turns. So I will say I can see if you played a lot, you're going to get to that 90 minutes, but definitely a lot to think about, which is if you want to grind your brain, you know, which I enjoy, um, this is, this is a place to do it. You, you will get, you'll get a good workout from it. Totally. I think part of the um, reason that that like getting stuck or that like rigidity that you felt earlier in the game at one point in the middle of the game, I, I joked with Anastasia, like it felt like she had kind of like one path. I had two paths and John had like seven paths. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, and John talked about the options as being really fun for his game. And I, I, I know that Anastasia and I also had fun in this game, but it was a different kind of fun. It wasn't about making choices. It was about making it work. And very much I was thinking the whole time about like, how can I make this work? Because I think it's because of the structure of the cards, right? In order to play an animal into your zoo, which is like really the primary thing that you're trying to do, you need to have built a building that's the appropriate size. You might need some other prerequisites, which include maybe having an association with a certain university or an association with like a certain um, other continent. And uh in order to have built that building, you need to pay some money. In order to buy this animal, you need some money. You also need to have drawn the cards in the first place, which is its own separate action. And so there's this like pretty you know, tightly constrained flow about what you need to do to play things under the board. And it can lead to this like sort of like frustration getting stuck, but it also has this other side of like when you accomplish something, it feels really good. Uh, in that first game, which, you know, we said before was like a frustrating thing at the beginning, I said, I want to play this Nile Crocodile, which requires me to play three reptiles. And I like beelined towards like upgrading my action. I flipped it over. I put a reptile house in play. I started slamming down reptiles. I was drawing reptiles off the board. I was like prioritizing those cards. 
And when I played that Nile Crocodile, it did feel very satisfying. Um, <laughs> and I, I like that, right? I, I enjoy yeah. that part of the game. Like it is, it is a double, double-edged sword, right? Because that constraining um, feeling can be frustrating if you're having a hard time getting out of it. But once you get to cross that line, it's like, oh man, like I finally got to like, put this bad boy down and that felt very satisfying i was like this is the game plan it's falling into place like it's totally been worth these like four or five steps that i took to get here yeah definitely i mean i think and i think that just kind of goes back to what we were just saying about you know how with those interactive cards how much like exactly what you said like all of that all of that grinding, all of that working to get there and then get that satisfaction is, and that is, that's the joy of this game. That's what made losing with a score of negative 41, spoilers <laughs> right off the top, just losing there. It was still fun because I was able to get, you know, my kangaroo down and I was able to get these different cards, you know, do these different things and com- create these different combos. And that alone makes for a, a really fun experience. But I will say, and I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts on this, this is a Euro game with a 200-card deck. And I drew so many cards from that deck. And I wanted to play a bird strategy. And I did not draw. I drew one bird yep. <laughs> in all of the times that I drew cards. And I drew a lot of cards and, you know, that, that is the randomness. You, you have to adapt to that deck. And I, and I, and in this play, I, I tried to do that. I went and shifted into a whole reptile strategy, but again, I, I just, I was not able to make it come together in a way that worked. And so uh, that's obviously going to need a little bit more playing for me to see how much can you adapt to the cards in your hand if you're not getting a synergy. And I knew that from when I, you know, I said that to you guys when I, pulled my starting hand. Um, I was like, I don't have a synergy here and I'm going to try and make one work. And I, I felt like I went through a lot of that deck and I never found one. I'm, you guys found great ones and I found enough of one, but, um, that is, I know that's going to be that randomness is going to be a point of frustration. And I, I, yeah, I'm curious what you guys have to think about that. The draw deck and the river of cards in the middle of the board is part of the reason why I was very excited to try this game. I, I was very excited, much like Nick for for all sorts of mechanical reasons. But looking at the Terraforming Mars um, comparison, specifically with that gigantic deck of cards, uh, in Terraforming Mars, in my opinion, the best way to play that game is a drafting variant where you hand draft cards every single round, so you're passing cards around and you get to see a whole bunch of them. And in Arc Nova, there's a lot of drawing blind from the top of the deck early in the game. And there's this interesting evolving mechanic where... You can actually upgrade the cards that you have in front of you, and I think four out of the five action cards that you have interact with a reputation track, which is along those cards in the middle, and this is a long way of saying that as the game goes deeper and you upgrade your cards, you can start to actually access those face-up cards in the middle much more often. You could play them as if they were in your hand. That happened at one point. Nick just uh, played a sponsor card from the middle of the table. Oh, it felt so good. Yeah, that was an amazing moment. It felt so good when I did that. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and it seems like that's how Arc Nova is trying to get around that that card draw randomness is as you get deeper in the game and you start to upgrade your cards, you have much more options available to you face up in the middle of the table, but you are potentially competing for those options with your opponents. Um, In my opinion, that sort of came to reality. Uh, Like 
There were many times where I had an opportunity to draw cards from the middle, and I just didn't really like the cards options there. There are six cards there, and every time a break happens, which is it probably it's kind of a, a round income scoring thing. I won't go into the details of, but it's probably happened about five or six times throughout the game. Every time that happens, you ditch two of these cards. So there's a little bit of cycling, but it, it did feel to me like the promise of having this extra large hand of more options that you can choose from didn't quite end up being that helpful for me. I, I desperately needed an Asia icon, and I kept drawing blind from the top of the deck because there weren't any out there. And maybe that's because I was being too specific, like Anastasia hunting desperately for fi- uh, for birds. I expanded it to birds. I, I wanted birds. And what else did I want? I wanted herbivores. herbivores. Yeah. And then I wanted, like, I was I was trying <laughs> to be really open-minded, but I feel this, I totally agree with you, John. Well, I'm curious about the future of Arc Nova um, and how we all land on it. Um, I personally, like we've said a couple times, really enjoy the second play. I actually have this game on pre-order. I pre-ordered this along with a few other games, and I am going to keep that pre-order going. Um, this is a, a really cool game that's mixing together a whole bunch of stuff that I like. Realistically, my only real problem with it is it's longer than I'd like at this point. And I've seen many people mention that online, so I don't think I'm necessarily alone in that respect but still like the both of you know how to play it so that definitely motivates me to want to play this more and in particular i don't think i'm interested in playing it anymore with the map a's which are essentially the tutorial maps um and those are the only ones currently on the tabletop simulator mod Uh, but i'm quite interested to try this more with the other ones to see how that variability goes because i know there's uh maps where like if you build around certain spots you get double money for various things there's there's a whole bunch of asymmetric effects that come, and I haven't briefed myself on them that recently, but I remember when I looked at them thinking, oh, this map looks fun. Oh, that map looks really fun. Like, I want to see how that one plays out. And it's even more than that. Like, the bonuses underneath spots that you cover up, like with the zoo tokens and the uh, universities, all that stuff is different from one board to the next. So I'm, I'm quite excited to experience those situations. Yeah, I, I love some asymmetry. So I, uh, I would have said even without the other boards that I would absolutely play this game again with the other boards. I'm uh, excited to play this game again. I think the thing that I just, it, it really is a long and taxing game. And if someone, if anyone is new to the game, I'm going to assume it's going to be three hours, you know, minimum. I also would say that if I was playing this game with someone uh, who was just learning it for the first time, I kind of wonder if I would recommend playing with opening with open hands until the first break um, because I think the mm. the loop of of play progress at, until the first break is is pretty tight. You know, it's basically like you're going to build once, maybe twice. You're going to sponsor once. You're going to you know animals once. You're going to draw some cards. Um, but if someone you know takes their starting cards and and hasn't really kind of thought through like what they're going to pay to build the structure and then pay to build the animals, um, I think they can really shoot themselves in the foot uh, in the first cycle there. And so preventing a new player from having that miserable first cycle, I think really adds to the ability of this game to blossom. So that's something that I would keep in mind uh, when playing with someone else. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, one other thing that I've read is that once you play this game a bunch and maybe you, you're playing it with the asymmetric boards and then you bring somebody else new in, um, the rules uh, recommend that you let that new person, I believe, play the map zero boards, which we didn't play with, but uh, I'm not sure exactly what they look like, but apparently they are a little bit of a, not a catch-up thing, but a, a stepping stool for the new players to kind of 
even the situation out a little bit. And I like the fact that the game comes with options like that. Uh, yeah, it just seems like, you know, we've played the game with training wheels and I, I'm I'm super curious to try it after the training wheels have been removed. So at this point, a few days ago, we wrapped up this podcast with some nice things about how we want to play the game in the future. But, uh, well, we haven't published a podcast yet, and we've ended up playing this game a couple more times. So this is being recorded a few days later. Anastasia's here along with Nick. Um, and Anastasia's actually played this game two more times, and Nick and I both played it once. And we wanted to talk a little bit more about this game, even though we've talked quite a bit, now that we have even more experience with it. Yeah, I think the first thing we should just update is that, you know, in playing the two-player games, both games took about two hours to play, uh, maybe a smidge less if you were getting better at it, but it does kind of crack a little bit faster with two, which is what you'd expect, I think. Yeah, it's been an yeah. Ark Nova day for you, right, Anastasia? <laughs> yeah, no, it has been. I played it with John this morning, and then, honestly, I was riding so high off of the play with John in which I, I lost by a smidge, but it did so much better. I wish that had been the game we would recorded. Like I my game was like unfolding. It was just like card after card after combo. And it felt so good. Like, let's just say this. I didn't lose by negative forty one points again. <laughs> <laughs> um I felt like I drew what I needed to draw. It was just it was great. And um and yeah, and then Nick was free and I was like, let's do it again. So then uh, I got Nick to uh, play with me again this afternoon. I, luckily, I had a free day today and um, it was fun. It's fun to just kind of dive into the game and really see the breadth of it. I will say playing against Nick, as he does, it wasn't quite, I wasn't quite as successful. <laughs> Come at the king. <laughs> now one big thing about uh these plays and realistically the reason why we suddenly like jumped on this to play it a bunch is that the asymmetric boards became available to be used uh, but up till now the the tts module only had the basic ones which is why we played them twice so we were all super excited to play with those because as we just mentioned in the podcast um Playing with the map A was kind of like training wheels, so we wanted to try without the training wheels. And Anastasia's now actually seen half of them. There are eight of them total, and we played two in our game, and you you two played two other ones in yours. The boards seem to be uh, basically just on default a little bit less uh, rewards than than kind of that A board that we were playing at, the sort of training wheels board. Um, but then each of them has like one you know special thing that they're good at which mostly falls into the category of being good at this type of card, being good at getting money, or getting some extra points for doing this or that. Or maybe easing restrictions. Like The one that I played uh, let me uh, play animals out for one less requirement. And, and I came right out of the gate in that game. I played the first two animals I put down. One needed a zoo partnership that I didn't have, and the other one needed you know a European icon, and I didn't have any of that. But I was immediately quote-unquote, cheating out these animals because of the asymmetric effect of that board that I chose. And, you know, that was fun. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the the thing that they definitely bring out of the game is is they do add this, like, kind of special power that you get. So in both of the games that I played today, you know, I had abilities that gave me lots of money, too much money, if I'm being perfectly honest. I was yeah. just so flush with cash. You couldn't figure out how to spend it all. <laughs> couldn't figure out how to spend it all. Um, and in neither, in, in neither of the games did I actually upgrade my 
association action and use it to donate. So, um, so I didn't, I didn't quite do much with it, but, but the point is that they, they give you almost, I, I, I'm not going to call them game breaking powers. They're not game breaking. They're just, they do shape your play a little bit. So for example, I had one when I was playing with Nick that I could discard a card every turn for three money, which I, you know, was actually crazy powerful i thought i thought i i I thought i'd read it wrong for the first half of the game i thought it was every break i thought it was like once per you know round if you will i was like oh you know and then i realized oh wait that's every turn so that was awesome except it does change the way i interacted with my hand a lot like i was telling them afterwards you know i felt like I, i i kept my hand really slim because i was constantly you know trying to play out cards every turn or discard cards and focus on getting more cards to kind of work that engine and so it really did change the way that i played as opposed to my game with you john where my board just gave me basically an extra five income um Mm -hmm. for for having placing around this one place on my board and again you had a rock-in restaurant in the middle of your yeah (laughs) i focused on (laughs) doing that very quickly yeah and it shaped how i started the beginning of my game in that i did that immediately and then that extra income boost really kind of fueled things along as i went so so they're not they they kind of run the gamut. They're not crazy changes, mm-hmm. but they do they do kind of add that little extra ability. And then of course, as Nick already pointed out, they they have different little changes all over the board. So the what yes. you get and how you get it is 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 changed up. And that's really quite fun. Yeah, that was actually something I wanted to mention. You know, in broad strokes you see the board and there's text on the bottom and it says, you know, this, you know, John gets to have one less restriction and Anastasia gets a bunch more income. Uh, but there's these subtle things around like with little, little different spots. I don't want to go into too many details, but one for me was an income thing that I could unlock with a conservation. And it said every time we do a break, which again is every variable number of turns, you get to take income with a break. Every time I did a break, I could move cards, my action cards around two of them. I could tank them all the way to the bottom, which seemed really fascinating to me. It seemed like maybe conditionally good, but I actually think that's a big reason as to why I won because I got to use that twice near the end of the game to cycle through my cards far faster than I normally would. That's effectively two full turns of cycling those cards in order to get the right cards in the right positions to get a whole bunch of animals into my zoo and then I I barely won. So I, I really think that manipulation from that tiny little icon in one spot on the board, which I don't, I haven't seen on any of the other boards, w- was a really big factor. And you know, I was the research institute, so like that made sense. Like you know, jiggering around with the different action cards, I think thematically that worked. Yeah, just looking through them, it seemed like the one of the conservation bonuses is unique on each of them, and then there's a couple other small things that that change from one to another. So, you know, differences there. But I think that at the end of the day, your strategy is still going to be largely determined by the uh, animal cards that you're drawing or the sponsor cards that you're drawing and kind of making yeah. your game plan around that. For so sure. I, I actually like that. I don't think that, that, that the asymmetry doesn't take over. I was worried that the asymmetry was going to be too dictating of what your strategy was. And I thought mm-hmm. that actually it was just kind of like a nice, nice perks or cheating or corner cutting um, rather than like a total dictation of what you were doing. So my question is, did it feel like the training wheels were off? when we played with these asymmetric boards versus the the map A, which we all played twice? So I think for me, it did. Like I felt like, and I already said this, that the game kind of unfolded for me in my play with you, John. Like I felt like having 
that extra little ability helped kind of frame my direction of play. It helped me kind of, I'm not sure the order of this, but in both cases, we picked our boards before we went through our hands. So it helped me think like, okay, this is kind of how I'm going to play. Now I'm going to kind of do it in this direction. I also thought it was fun to kind of work to the board instead of kind of feeling like everyone's working around the same thing. You're kind of, you're all going to, at some point going to get that extra person. You're going to get that extra income that came on those A boards. I felt like you had to adapt to a very different map, to a very different series of bonuses. And each of those was kind of fun. And like, how am I going to make this strategy work? And, and, you know, Nick said something about the game that I really resonated with me. Um, he said that it's a game of restrictions and how you adapt to that is, is how you play the game. And I felt like playing it the today, you know, was, I was able to, to see the puzzle that was there and it's, it's addictive and it's fun and it's fun to like, to keep playing it and to have it get better and better on you. I definitely want to segue off that comment. Obviously, like I, I, I do very much believe that this is a game of restrictions. I said this even in the, in the earlier podcast that we were talking about where it, it's a game about that. The good feeling is, do you manage to pull something off with all these limitations of what it is that you're trying to do? still felt that way playing through this game. Uh, but, you know, we figured out ways a little bit more now, and, and to your, your question, John, about are the training wheels off, to use your money a little bit more sparingly and, you know, where you really need to focus your efforts so that you can unlock an extra association worker, which we've mm-hmm. all determined, like, wow, that second one is is so huge. And third and fourth, fine, you can get away with it, but you really want that second one at some point in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think overall, my biggest kind of flow issue with this game is that i don't like the first cycle of the game and the first cycle i mean like the actions that you're taking before the first break because you have specific amount of cash you know 25 to 30 dollars probably you have basically one association worker short of some something like really amazing happening in the game Mm -hmm. and that first sequence is is tight and and annoying like i find that the game kind of stalls at the beginning and it is as soon as we get past that first break the game starts sailing a little bit more Mm -hmm. and then those restrictions feel um you know very very valid and you can work around them you know it's how much you're willing to commit to like how am i going to adapt to these restrictions so for me the beginning is a little rocky and then once we get past that point it feels really good again i would agree with that uh, in my play with Anastasia earlier today, uh, we were probably about a third of the way through, and I, I commented that I was just—I didn't feel like I was doing anything. Like, I, I my my stuff was so slow. I kept doing all these high powerful actions for low um, payoff, and then I look over at Anastasia, and she would do a build action, put three things down that covers up this icon, and then that lets her put this card down. She could pay that for this and getting the special bonus for that, and then you know I blink and three minutes have gone by, and she put like. <laughs> 10 spaces worth of stuff <laughs> on our board and then it comes back to me and I'm like I'm going to build and I put a size 1 enclosure down. Okay, it's your <laughs> turn again and like that felt I remember being worried. I felt like I was going to, you know, lose the game. I felt like it was running away, but then, you know, the game really started picking up for me. I got an awesome predator engine going. Um I had cheetahs and hyenas and all sorts of stuff going on and I ended up squeaking out a victory because I was able to kind of slingshot back by getting some stuff together and I think I think my early game suffered a little bit more from that stall than Anastasia's did. And, and that was partly my fault. I had this 
awesome tiger in my hand at the start of the game and i really wanted to play this incredibly expensive tiger and so you know i shot myself in the foot a little bit trying to make that happen but once i got the tiger played you know things really started going well for my predator zoo yeah yeah and 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 i think like the variable this actually something we talked about earlier in the podcast is like the variable end game also really affects how this plays out right so like john and you and i played a little bit longer you had time to come back. Like I was worried too. Like, and I, I actually, I think it's a credit to this game. It, it really does feel like it plays long enough that you can kind of have a slow rolling start that you, and you can come back from it if you can kind of roll things out well. But Nick did something really interesting in our play, which is that he just hammered the brake track. And it, it's not that that overly affected me, but it did it, because I obviously I was getting income too, but what he was getting was he was getting all of the X tokens and he was just controlling the momentum of the game and the resetting and the things I was doing. It's like, oh, well, that doesn't matter because now we're breaking. And that kept the speed of the game much faster. I can definitely see how once you know this game, if you're playing a two-player, I mean, we we were already talking at the beginning. We were just like turn after turn after turn. Like you could, you can, you can play this thing in 90 minutes. I don't, I didn't believe that, but now I can see it. It is possible. But he was doing that and that tempo meant that I couldn't come back. Like, I, you know, once yeah. I started to slip, I was <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm just slipping and it's over. You know, we were laughing because he was like, I was like, I need four more turns. And then he like drew a no card and ended it. And I was like, I told you I needed four more turns. <laughs> that brings us to like the differences between these, you know, we played, we've all played two three player games and now, you know, we've all have some experience with the two player game. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's still the same game. Unsurprisingly, in a two-player game, you have a little bit more control, right? Like controlling over when the break tempo happens um, is more in your wheelhouse. The back and forth is faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the conservation and like who is racing for what, it's 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 a lot easier to say like, oh, like you have two birds, I have two birds. Um, not that that's difficult in a three-player game, but just with, with heads up, it's obviously just more straightforward. So it feels the same as I I would say like most Euro games in terms of the difference between two and three players. I am going to say though, the tension that you feel is someone going to get my way. That is for me, at least that is thick at three. Like I was just like, Oh boy, this is like, like I I just, I I was like on the edge of my computer. (laughs) This is going to happen. Um, that is not the case when you play with two. Um, and I actually prefer that. I prefer having the more control. I prefer being able to kind of like the, the chess, the, the kind of back and forth, kind of anticipating. But I will say it too. It was also a lot easier to just get like be in my own strategy and just be like, oh, you did something. Okay, fine. Back to me. Like it, because it's moving so fast and because there's only one other player, the chances that they're going to get in your way are much less. And so this did feel a lot more like multiplayer solitaire, which for me is not a bad thing, but for some others it might be at two than it did at three. And I was surprised at how different that tension was. Um, I think it does lose some of that at two. Yeah. And for me, the biggest impact is it's just shorter. The, the, yeah. the, the yeah. end game trigger doesn't change between the player counts. So there's just less time waiting to take your next turn. And that's yeah. fine with me. Uh, yeah. I, I think, you know, <laughs> I mentioned earlier on in the podcast, I didn't really see myself wanting to play this at four. Um, I could totally see myself playing it at three again, but I think two is probably going to be my favorite player count because of the joy for me of this game. And and we'll talk a little bit about where we're at now, about our opinions, but I'm going to say like I had a lot of joy today in our two-player game. The joy was putting that combo together in my own my own little zoo. 
my, my predators working off of each other, the other kind of things I had going on. I had tons of zoo partnerships for discounts and universities and all that kind of stuff. And I loved chaining all that kind of stuff together. And yeah, occasionally looking over at what Anastasia's doing and being like, whoa, you did some pretty cool stuff too. Okay, back to my cool stuff. Um, and, you know, <laughs> focusing on that that puzzle, you know, with the, when there's less people around the table, you can spend more time pressing those buttons. And uh, yeah, like we briefly mentioned, um, both of these two-player games were essentially two hours. I think mine and Anastasia's was like two hours and ten minutes, and Nick and Anastasia's was like an hour and 50 or something like that. Yeah, no, and I think, John, you like absolutely, and I think I feel the same way. I think... I'd love to jam this at two. I think that's going to be my preferred player count for it too. I would, I prefer just kind of like creating my little sandcastle and then just seeing like, is my sandcastle better than yours? And having lost this game at this point, four times in a row, <laughs> just like a streak of losses I've got going. <laughs> I do. I have won games before. I swear. You've had a positive score in two out of these four games. <laughs> 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 that's not that's not something to Doesn't brag about <laughs> <laughs> but i you know uh, it it is it is fun I, you know i i have to say this is one that has unlocked for me a little bit in that i i was definitely not positive on it after our first play i don't think any of us were no no yeah, and we, in fact, i think we were all disappointed and worried about after our yeah. first play <laughs> It's a yeah. good sign that that I think each of us has had more fun essentially on each subsequent play. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I definitely think that this is one, you know, we said that already, like you gotta kind of like commit to it. And it is a it is a it is a heavy load. This is this is not this is not one you're gonna go into lightly, but once you do, I think if you are able to keep playing it, it does improve and it has improved for me and I'm actually really happy to see that because it it is it's a fun game i enjoy the puzzle of that um i still cannot figure out how to get conservation points i don't know what <laughs> i'm doing but like conservation early game it is it is hard it's hard to unlock that but i i, I will say for me that playing with you john and having things go so well at the beginning and feeling like I'd cracked the puzzle was was it was intoxicating. It was so much fun. Even losing, which I don't really want to talk about, it was so much fun to to have that happen. And I, you know, I was like, oh, I get I get the game now. You just have to be really tactical. You can't hold on to anything. And it was really unfolding for me. And so when we finished, I, I was like, oh man, I want to play it again. I want to play it again. And then mm -hmm. I will say I was a little tempered playing it with Nick. Because things didn't unfold quite as easily, so there because is I'm that terrible to play with. Yeah, you are. You are. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I keep doing it. Um, no, it just it didn't, and it was, but it wasn't him, right? It's the cards. It's the it's it, there. The cards are random. There's so many of them. There's the way they unlock. It's. I thought that you know it's. I'm sure this is a game. As you get to know the cards, no matter what, you can you can turn it into something magical. But it, that didn't. That didn't happen for me in the second play, and that does temper it a little bit. You, I was reminded, right, game of restrictions. It's hard, and when it's hard, it's hard, and you can't always bring that together. But, you know, right when we finished, you know, I was late, and I was still like, let's go again, <laughs> even though we, we don't have time and we're not going to. But I just meant, like, even when you finish it, you do. Then you, you're like, let's play it again, because... You 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 keep wanting to crack that puzzle, and and you know that's that that definitely is going to keep me coming back. Yeah, um, digging this game more. It's it's fun to play. I'm looking forward to playing with the two of you some more. Um, 
it was a lot of work to get here though i feel like just the amount of hours that we took into like learning the rules and then playing the game you know and i I wonder how i would feel playing this game with someone else and i think i would be very wary about teaching this to someone new that isn't open to coaching Um, and the reason for that is because it's not that the rules of the game are that hard you know in this third play here i don't think there was like a single rules mistake or even question that felt like it came up. It is about the sequencing of the game. And, you know, you flip over one action card and like three rounds later, you're like, oh my God, now I can't do this other thing. I need to get another action card flip and they're not available to me. And that just sucks. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, you can, you could really back yourself into a corner. You need to have a lot of foresight in this game um, in order to play it. Not, not even well, but just like, to do the things you want to do and you can get to a point where you're like i can't do anything and and you know yeah. that's 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 really tough for for um until you really get what's going on so i i do stand by that that learning curve is is rough to get yeah. into it. And it the other thing is you know play with people who are who are cozy with takebacks like we are. I think in my play yeah. with Anastasia, <laughs> there were two significant takebacks. You know, it, it wasn't like there was no new information, but like, it was like, oh, I want to do this enclosure. Like, I didn't realize I already had a three enclosure and things like that. And I think Anastasia had one big one. And, you know, we're, our group is, is totally down with those kind of things to help out these situations. Because I definitely had a chicken and egg situation at one point where I said, you know, I'm going to activate the thing in the five and then the thing in the four. I'm like, I have to do the thing in the four before the five and the five before the four. And, and you know, I just kind of, my brain spiraled off into an infinity. Um, <laughs> and and I, it took me a minute to rebound from that. But I guess where I'm at now is I had so much fun with the third play and a lot of fun with the second play. And not a lot of fun with the first play. So I think that's a pretty good curve. Uh, and I do attribute a decent amount of the the first play's bummerness to the fact that we were recording it. So it went really long. And uh, because of that as well. But, you know, part of it's the game. Uh, but, you know, the, the high moments of drawing the perfect card, which happened to me when I pulled a cheetah in our Predators game that was just amazing. That... Those kind of things are great, and I drew a lot of cards for it. You know, part of that's luck, part of that's you know randomness, but part of it also was was building towards something. Like I kept a card in my starting hand that benefited me for predators, so I was looking for them all game long, and and I was rewarded for that, and I was not rewarded for other things. Uh, you know, I spent a bunch of energy getting a sponsorship down that gave me discounts on large animal restrictions, and I didn't use it once. So you know, it, it's easy to rose-colored glasses and remember all the, those those big high moments and. I don't. It, it, I think I'm going to be coming back to this one quite a bit. I certainly hope to. I certainly hope to, especially at two players, because I've been really enjoying where it's going. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think that that's like the last thing that I want to say on it is like something that you brought up, John, when we were playing, which is there is because of that massive deck, because like there is that randomness, but there is also a lot here in the four plays of it that I've had now, the three for each of you, we have seen a lot of different things come out. We, I, yeah. we have, I saw cards come out with John that I'd never seen. I, Nick and I were looking up things that I was like, wait, that what's this times two token that I like, you will play this game differently every single time, let alone the, the, the different boards and all mm-hmm. of that. But I will, I will say that there, all that teach, all that stuff going in does does pay dividends in the variety of the game and that is a credit to the game because there is there are a lot there's a lot of moving pieces here there's a lot of ways things can unfold for you and and the game does 
reward you handsomely when that all works together. Mm -hmm. And it also can make it really hard to never find a single bird in the freaking <laughs> deck. Yeah. And then watch Nick draw literally nine of Every them. Every bird. Alfred Every Hitchcock's bird. I was like, yes, Nick, you play the bird strategy because you'll never draw one. And then, you know, to have them all come out. And so that also speaks to how difficult it can be sometimes to focus on one thing. I mean, it really does encourage you to like let things go. You know, it's like, like you said, John, you put something down and it just never came out. Mm -hmm. But there, there's a lot a lot here and so if you are willing to take the time to invest in it and you're willing to go there you will enjoy it and it'll be different and fresh and it, it will have a long journey with you it's also been fun putting this little addendum in like i'm, I'm glad we didn't publish the podcast yet because now we could <laughs> we could keep on talking because we just cannot stop ourselves from talking about these games so uh yeah i Hopefully this wasn't too disorienting for people uh, hearing two different versions of us about three or four days apart. But uh, yeah, this has been uh, an interesting, pretty big project that we've been uh, going. I and mean, it's been a fun project playing games. Uh, and I think that's going to essentially wrap up everything we have to say about this one. Um, if you have any comments, if you want to weigh in about this game, uh, then please go to the YouTube version of this podcast. You can find a link to it in the description um, and comment over there. We'd love to see that kind of thing. And um, as always, thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye.